0: a lot going on there. Uh, There's uh, something about a mission trip that impacts you in ways that you don't expect. And I know these guys right here chomping at the bit uh, to share those things. And so I'm going to say now um, that they're each going to share a brief anecdote um, from their experience and they're shaking their heads, but we've already already talked about having a um, much uh, a, a different time fully devoted to them expanding upon this because I know each of these men were changed uh, from this trip and so um, we're sharing with, uh, this with you uh, not only to just kind of give you an update on this but also to invite you into experiencing this as well um, and so uh, guys I'm going to let you uh, are you going first Paul you got yeah. the microphone so yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm going first All right, go ahead
1: um, hopefully I won't need it can everybody hear me no. uh, yeah, no. yeah. use it yeah, yeah no. use it. Yeah, yeah. Use it. You okay all right, sorry, um <laughs> many first here um so uh this is my first uh mission trip, uh and I'll go back maybe about a month, two months before the actual trip and um I approached Neil um and I said, you know neil, I've you know going on this mission trip, and I've um never prayed over." Uh, someone before. So how do I go about doing that? And um, one of the things he said was to uh, just, you know, pray for them uh, and listen to your heart, listen to God, listen to your heart. And um, so uh, went out Monday uh, for our first uh, prayer walk and um, a little nervous, Uh, Needless to say, so um, we were going through and um, had a couple of uh, prayers over uh, some people there in Pantanal, which is a uh, development right there by the farm, by Reap Granada. And um, so we get to this home, and there's a baby uh, that had just been born uh, premature, at seven months and uh, Alvaro uh, looks right at me and he says, Paul, do you want to do this? Um, So just a very uh, meaningful experience. Now, the interesting thing is that God worked through me because I'm premature as well. And uh, so just a really heartfelt and touching experience for me. Um, The interesting thing too is that the mother, uh, the grandmother was there at the time. The mother came back in this, one of the other picks was, the mother came back uh, Wednesday and let me hold Mateo again And then later on that evening, we went to the hospital that afternoon and I had an opportunity to pray over a gentleman and his son uh, and the gentleman was 109 years old. So to go from premature to someone at that age is just amazing. So that's my story.
2: Um, of all the things that we did that were uncomfortable, the thing that was most uncomfortable for me is one of the days we were um, uh, tasked with going to the jail there. And if you've ever seen Locked Up Abroad, it's, it's worse than that. It's, um, and there's no pictures of that because we're not able to bring in any uh, video equipment or cell phones, but they let us bring a PA system. And so, and they only allowed five of us to go into this. The only way I can describe it, if you've ever seen Silence of the Lambs, that long dark jail prison. It was like that, but worse. Just And all you could see were these these cells um, in, a, in a dirt floor and just one kind of dimly lit fluorescent light and just these hands and arms just hanging out of them. And it sounds terrifying, but once we got there, what these arms were doing was, was praising God. And we would um, uh, share a little bit of our story with them. Um, and they listen to a couple of worship songs. I uh, didn't understand a word of it when it just said Dios, I'm like, I think it's about God. But uh, but after the song was over, all you could hear, and I don't know how many people were in these cells, maybe a hundred, you couldn't even see them, I just could see these arms and limbs. Um, all they were doing is just shouting, you know, thank you, Jesus, and King Jesus reigns, and we love you, Lord, and they just kept shouting, and it was the most beautiful worship experience i would ever been to. Uh, just to hear these guys who are locked up who don't have a whole lot of hope but but they do they have hope in in Jesus and um, you know we were going there to to minister to them but I think they ministered to us uh, so much more
3: Um, it's a little hard to describe um, exactly what Scott and Jen have been doing down there Um, to give you an idea the the restaurant or kitchen facilities they have where you saw people standing around and Neil was, that's where they fed us every day. And technically, that is the busiest restaurant in all of Granada, which is a city of about 150,000 people. They do more covers a month than any other restaurant in the entire city. Um, You know, Scott is acting as general manager uh, or or general contractor. Um, He manages a uh, metal workshop. Um, He manages a laundry facility. He manages effectively a hostel or a hotel. He's also a farmer and a chief you know, uh, agronomist. Um, and all of this is providing all kinds of um, jobs for all of the locals. And what, as you've seen from the pictures, is a very, very poor area. But during the video, you saw a couple people be baptized. And in the video was a, was a gentleman um, named Jesse. And his story is interesting. His mother actually brought him to the States when he was uh, pretty young um, to LA. He got involved in some gangs in, uh, in LA as a teenager. Um, someone attacked one, his brother and he ended up murdering that person and was in jail in the United States for a very long time and then was deported. And shortly before Scott and Jen moved down there, Jesse was actually saved. And he and Scott ended up getting hooked up in Scott encouraged him. Um, he discipled him to go out and share his story. Because, you know, the area of town they're in is a very rough area of town. There are lots of competing gangs. Um, you, you know, at night, it's, it's very quiet, but you hear the gun violence. Um, but probably the most impactful thing on me was those baptisms you saw, were of Jesse's brother and sister-in-law. And Jesse's been working with Scott and Jen for uh, five or six years now. And um, after the baptism, everybody was, as you saw, sort of congratulating the people who had been baptized and praying for them. But I overheard Scott and Jesse talking. And Jesse said, Well, that makes eight. And Scott said, Yep, only three more to go. Um, Jesse came back and has seen eight of his family members saved and baptized. So Scott is not only discipling people, he's making disciples and disciple makers. He's having a huge impact down there. And that was an amazing thing to see.
4: So this is my seventh time down there, and quite honestly, it was a, I'm going down, but I don't really expect anything, and uh, we went to the dump, and for somehow, I've avoided unintentionally the dump for the other six times, and uh, this is what it looks like, um, and there's a video that you'll see of the people. Uh, So these people here, uh, that is what you may call the lowest of the low. They walk up to three to five kilometers a day. It's a, it's a mile walk up the dump uh, to get there. And what they're doing is they're picking garbage. They're, they're picking recyclables. And the, what's profound about this and what's heartbreaking is that they're the third layer. So these people go and they start at like six in the morning and they go all day, seven days a week. And... Um, the gar- they're looking for plastic and recyclables, and then the, at, every other week, uh, somebody comes and they pay them by the pound. Well the garbage has already been picked through twice. Once when it's on the street, people walk through and pick up all the recycling. Then the people on the top of the truck work for the garbage company, the private garbage company. They get to pick through it. And then these poor people on the ground just pulling the stuff, unloading the truck, grab what they can. So you can imagine it's very minimal. And I thought, well, I'm sure they all, because if you notice where they're standing, some people are on the edge getting very little. And I said, well, at least they probably pull it together. No, it's what, it's... Finders keepers, um, and twice a week, Reap goes up there and shares a message with them, and feeds them a meal, and then um, prays over folks. And I was crushed. God broke me. I think He broke all of us at some point during this. Week. This is where I broke, because I can get in my pity party uh, pretty easily, and I am I'm moving to the 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 most. Uh, biggest challenge I've ever experienced in a long time. And with this, these people have no opportunity. We spoke with a woman there. She's been doing this for 12 years. Never had a day off. 12 years. There is no hope of advancement. There's nothing. She will be doing nothing for the rest of her life. And if she gets sick, she doesn't get paid. And yet we can sit here, not we as us, but all the other people out there in the United States can complain because they don't have opportunities. This gives me the perspective that I have more opportunities and if I squander them, shame on me. And that is a travesty. And I came back saying, yes, this is going into probably the busiest time I've had in my life, but I'm going to nail it because God gave me this opportunity for some reason.
5: So this is my third trip down there Um, and I was kind of thinking this morning, last night, kind of the contrast between before and after the trip, because before you're kind of thinking, what type of impact am I going to have there? What is God going to do with me in Nicaragua? And then when you're leaving, you're thinking of all the impact, the people there or the people you met there had on you. So it's kind of a interesting contrast. It's not to say you should go on a mission trip to see what you can get out of it necessarily, but I think what you'll find is at the end, you're you may get just as much or even more than you give sometimes on those trips. But I just want to mention three quick people, or three people real quick that I uh, met while I was there. I was to see if the picture had them up there. But uh, so we met a guy named Alex. He was literally a one-man team um, in that he was the only guy from his church that came and he could do the work of a full team by himself. Um, he was actually from Southside, Richmond, and he, uh, had been there last summer, uh, actually when we were supposed to go, and um, was coming again to help out with the construction. And he uh, was taking a great leap of faith by selling his company, he's 37, and hopefully going into full-time ministry, maybe even with Reap Granada. So he kind of taught me, you know, sometimes God asks us to make huge leaps of faith. Um, There's another guy there named Gustavo. He is a local Nicaraguan who was a tour guide um, before all the political stuff happened, and he basically, because of that, there's not many tourists, and he doesn't have a job anymore. Um, so he's been helping Scott out as a translator and uh, working construction. And uh, you know, he kind of taught me you can, without, with very little and with, through very you know, dire times in your life, you can still have a positive attitude, you can still um, share faith with others and care for others. Um, and then the third person was a lady named Giselle, uh, she's a single mother, I think, with five kids. Her husband uh, walked out on her. Is there a... Okay. The, we have a picture of her house. I don't know if it's... Uh, Rex, if you can find it. But, um, yeah, she has very little. You know, it's bit, you know, each day is just trying to make it through the next day. Um, but she had a huge smile all the time. She actually uh, worked or did the laundry at uh, for Scott and Reap Granada. Um, and she just had such a positive attitude. And she just kind of taught me with very little, you can still be happy, you can still be thankful. Um, so yeah, those people had a huge impact on me, it's just a small collection, I mean, literally almost everyone I met had some type of impact, taught me something, um, and that's my story.
0: So appreciate you guys being willing to share. Uh, it's amazing what happens when we get just a little bit of perspective, when we're put in a place where we're outside of our comfort zone, uh, that we're a little bit more aware of how we need to rely on God, how he shows up and provides for us. Um, and, and when we focus our lives on what he wants, uh, when he is the cornerstone, when he is the foundation For what we say and we do, man, it it makes a big impact on us and everyone around us. So we're going to close our service this morning with prayer. And and we hope you guys have a great Sunday. God, thank you for bringing us together to worship you. Uh, God, lead us to make you the forefront of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See you next week.